Capital of the world. Thompson tries to answer and does. Clay Thompson with back to back threes. It's the TC Martin Show. TC Martin. It's hotter than fifth green. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins a three pointer. Puts it in. A 15 point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The doctor TC Martin launches. Hoops Friday. Hoop, there it is, right here inside the Westgate Las Vegas, inside the world famous Superbook. It is the TC Martin Show, our Friday home. And we are talking plenty of college hoops today, a little NBA, and maybe a little NFL as well, too, as we get you ready for a very, very busy weekend. And we'll handicap a good portion of the card tomorrow. Plenty of solid college basketball games as we wind our way to March Madness. Conference tournaments beginning here next weekend in Las Vegas. The WCC will tip it all off. And then following that, a week and a half later, it is the Mountain West, the Pac-12 for the very last time, the Big West, the WAC, and more here in Las Vegas. And then, of course, we get to the opening rounds. You can watch the games here inside the Westgate, the International Theater. It, uh, for March Madness on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of March. 25 tickets. That's where tickets start at. You can get them at Ticketmaster or here at the Westgate. And no better place to watch all of your madness right here at the Westgate Las Vegas. TC Martin with you. Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner in the house, wagertalk.com. And Marco, the calendar flips. We are officially in March. So happy March to you. Happy March to you, and it's the best month of uh, college sports, in my opinion. I know a lot of people like the bowl season and national championship for football, but college basketball, the conference tournament week, and then you kick it off the following week with nonstop action for two days from 9 a.m. out here till the final game goes uh, final late in the evening. There's nothing better than that. You got it. And uh, probably my best handicapping month of the year is March. Don't have that charted or whatever, but just knowing uh, how much uh, I, I enjoy it and the success we've had with handicapping games, not only in the stretch run of the regular season for college basketball, but then once you get into the conference tournaments as well. Uh, programming note, we want to let you know, if you're listening to the show locally in Las Vegas here today, uh, you're probably better suited to do it uh, via the app at tcmartinshow.com. I know we've had uh, some wind issues, some weather issues here in town. So if you're tuning in on 1400, you may uh, notice some of that. Uh, we got our engineers working on that. So uh, better suited to go to tcmartinshow.com, hit the listen live button like I know many of you do anyway. But if you are in Vegas, I know people li- uh, listen through the app as well as they go to uh, the regular radio at uh, 1400 a.m. in Las Vegas. But uh, again, uh, with some weather issues here today, uh, advisable to go to the app and listen that way. Hit the Listen Live button at tcmartinshow.com. All right, Marco, today on the show, uh, we are going to visit with Jay Cornegay this hour, the vice president here at the Superbook, and we'll uh, talk handicapping. We'll talk specifically NCAA futures with Jay as well because 
this is the time of year people want to go and get on their those future tickets. A lot of people don't like putting their money down months and months, have a book, hold it for six or seven months. So now's the time. Okay, you can hold my money for maybe a month or two, six, eight weeks. That's cool. And you could probably find some value there. And we'll talk about some value teams because outside of Connecticut, who is around five to one, which is still pretty good, uh, you have a lot of teams in that variety from 10 to one to 30 to one that uh, makes some sense. So we will talk to Jay Cornegay uh, regarding that. Also, the Hall of Fame coach, Lon Kruger, joins us today. Always love talking with Lon and uh, in the College Basketball Hall of Fame for his uh, great years that he had at Kansas and or rather Kansas State and at Oklahoma and, of course, at UNLV um, and Florida. Lon Kruger, one of the greats, now a Las Vegas resident, has been for quite some time, and, of course, the father of Kevin Kruger, UNLV head coach. So, of course, we talked to Kevin uh, each week and uh, visited with Kevin couple days ago regarding uh, the Rebels victory over Wyoming. So we'll talk uh, a little Rebels with Lon Kruger and uh, the big landscape of the college basketball uh, scene here as we get ready for conference tournaments. A guy who knows a thing or two about uh, how to win in March. Absolutely. And I just want to jump back where you were talking about the futures for the tournaments. Um, and I don't know if Jay will agree or wants us to agree with it, but I've always found if you're taking, you know, a a marginal uh, long shot. You know, you said there's a lot of value finding some teams 20, 30 to 1 in that. You're actually better off doing a manual rollover. Bet the team the first game, roll, keep rolling it over, rolling it over. It ends up generally adding up to more than what the price is going in uh, for the tournament. And then the only problem is you've got to have discipline because if you get that fourth win sometimes – you're you're at a nice number, and you say, "Oh, maybe I should just cash out now." You know, you have that temptation. But so, with that philosophy, are you saying you're playing money lines on money line? All you're the playing way. money line. Okay, so take Connecticut for an example. Obviously, they're going to be a huge favorite. They'll be the number yeah. one seed. They're facing a sixteen. All right, so you you whatever your unit play is or whatever, say a hundred dollars, yeah. and even though you're probably only going to win ten yeah. or five on that. But that's where you start and just keep rolling over. Just keep rolling. Generally, on the you know the team that's the favorite, it's you know it's going to be pretty close to the same way. But any of the other teams, you're always going to anybody that's not the favorite, mm-hmm. it's going to generally come out to be a higher price. Rolling it over. Okay. But I would think it maybe be it still would come out to be better odds if you take a favorite like UConn because they're sitting at 5 to 1 right now and as if you're if you're rolling over and you're getting into um, the say the regional final or the final four mm-hmm. i mean there's going to be some some lower odds there there's going to be but you know what i'm saying uh, UConn you know until you get down to if they're playing you know the number one seed versus the number two seed, you know, in a region or something, they're going to be prohibitive favors. The first round, you know, forget about it. You're, right. Like you say, it's going to be astronomical. Uh, second round, you know, they should be facing, you know, a number, you know, eight, eight seed. Yeah. So it's going to be significant there too. But, you know, let's do it this year. Let's watch what, yeah. what Connecticut is for case study. We'll do it and we'll play it out and see where it would have been. But anybody else, trust me, it's going to come out more. Okay, if we're doing the case study, does that mean that, that you're in charge 
of uh, of that, the charting and the mathematician, because our <laughs> producer can't handle that. You know, anything involved in math, forget about it. Okay. All right. Uh, whose name's on the on the show? <laughs> We have producers for that. Don't you know that? That's okay. Right. Yeah. I still, I still well, haven't said, heard my job title you, yet. Well, <laughs> you just volunteered. You volunteered as the charter, we'll do, I guess. What would you call that? Uh, the, the statistician. The, the statistician. Yeah, okay. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could be the dietitian. Would you like to be the dietitian? No. Nah. <laughs> And that would have been funnier if we would have had video. That's true. As Marco's looking down in his stomach. Can you see your shoes, Marco? You're not that bad at all. You're not that bad. Keep it up. I'll see my shoe. It's going to be planted somewhere. (laughs) All right. Numbchuck, you're in charge of uh, uh, of charting that. See, we give Num- we give Numbchuck that. I what, what do I do? I mean, I can't even carry a two and add the three. What are you talking about? You know, you're you're in charge. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a good case study. You're it right. Is. It is. Yeah. There's only one way I'm doing that. What's that? We bring back serial madness this year. <laughs> we're we're, we're uh, see it's like Quentin Tarantino. That's the way I look at serial madness, right? All right, there's never going to be another Pulp Fiction. All right, people wanted Pulp Fiction two and Pulp Fiction three. Serial madness stands on its own. You always have to have people going back and saying how awesome that was, and you always want to leave the audience wishing for more. That had to be before my time because I don't know what you're talking about. 2020, my friend, when. Uh, when we were sitting here doing the show and we were getting ready to make our, our bracket picks and uh, getting ready for the Mountain West Conference final, getting ready for the Pac-12 final, and, of course, COVID hits. So the world shuts down, meaning no NCAA tournament. So what we did uh, and got high acclaim and great praise, the Las Vegas Review Journal even, even covered us with that. It was, it was a great story. That uh, we went serial madness. We took our uh, top eight serials, and we went NCAA tournament format. There it is. And who won? Uh, the 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 winner. Well, that's that's a that's a pretty funny story because uh, technically there was no winner. <laughs> now this is where wrestling kind of came into play with that too. You know, uh, it was more of a wrestling thing. So anyway. Long story short, those who remember this, they'll, they'll remember. But since if you didn't join us, then, okay, we'll explain it to you. So, yeah, we had all of our listeners and our guests call in and nominate their favorite cereal. So we had Captain Crunch, Honey Nut Cheerios, Rice Krispies, Fruit Loops, uh, Nunchuck. Uh, you, you can add a couple others that we had in there. Frosted um, Mini Weeds. Frosted. Uh, yeah, yeah. Frosted Flakes was in there. Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, even though that my nomination of a Quake and Quisp kind of got shot down because no one ever heard of that, two of the greatest cereals of all time. But anyway. It was a cheap knockoff of Captain Crunch. It was, but damn, it was good. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Quake and Quisp? It, yeah. yeah. Quisp with the We're saucers. basically the same age, and that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. But depending on where you lived. Okay, in California, we had that. But anyway, um, so anyway, we had our guests nominate the cereals. And then what we did, we had a panel each round with our regular guests and uh, see who would advance. And then when we got to the final, we incorporated all of our guests and we had 17 guests on the final show. However, one of our guests um, was tied up, something happened, and he did not participate. 
That made it <laughs> 16 guests. And sure enough, it came down to 8 and 8. So when he tried to call in, the show was over. So he tried to call in the next day and give his vote. And so we put all this pressure on him. So well, wait a minute, you blew it. You're supposed to be the deciding vote. Okay. And uh, so we had to get a ruling. So what do we do? We go to the best referee in the world. Kenny Bayless comes on and he hears the story, hears from our guest who was late with his final vote, and Kenny Bayless came in and declared a draw, a draw. (laughs) It was pandemonium, total chaos. A lot of listeners were not happy with that. We had one listener that boycotted us for about two years because they were so upset because they wanted to see their horse win, basically. Now, of all the guests, do you know who I'm talking about? Trevor. Was not Trevor. Trevor's very punctual. It was <laughs> it was it was one of the guests that had a problem with you. Steve Burlein. There it is. <laughs> that was gonna be my second <laughs> guess. You know, because he's had some pro- I, I've different times you've had him on where, you know, he's called you from wherever because he's all over the place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get away. I had phone problems. I was in a meeting. This and that. Am I too late, dude? The, the show's over. You're done. Okay, okay. So, so back to the original question: Who were the two finalists? Then Captain Crunch and Honey Nut Cheerios. Actually, so we, we here's what we you did. went fun it, it and was, you went a healthy. Actually, here's what we did: it, We um, put Honey Nut Cheerios under the Cheerios blanket. So if you have you know the master brand that. That was included. So basically, it was Cheerios, but you know, or Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. So there it was. And uh, Bill Cartwright went off because he was very upset that his raisin brand got knocked out in the quarterfinals. <laughs> I mean, All the hear. more reason to have two. Yeah, I know. And we were going to do it the following year, but then we didn't. We were going to expand it to sixteen. And then something happened. I think that's when Numchuck got COVID. And then, you know, that was the third or fourth time he had it. And then, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Cereal Madness. Great idea, right? Did the number nine cereal post <laughs> a protest that they got shunned I can tell by you, the committee? I can tell you, Trix was highly upset. <laughs> that rabbit was pissed off, I tell you. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. Oh, you would have loved it. Are you no, kidding see, me? See, this is the reason, because Marco is going to love Serial Madness too. Yeah. We have to do this. I'm telling you. I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Serial Madness. I mean, hey, we, we, we constructed it. And, uh, yeah, we constructed it. We found it you know, and uh, let's give earthquake a big uh, round, uh shout out too because right. the quake was very involved in that and when we were tossing around the ideas he's hey let's do it all right over under how many boxes of cereal do i have in my pantry at home oh geez knowing you it, it, it's under two and a half. Oh no i'm gonna go like six I'm like Seinfeld. I got the. I have. Do like, you really? I have the See, whole. The, but you never send me pictures of cereal. You're sending me <laughs> breakfast. You know the these gourmet breakfasts that you. I'm a nighttime cereal person. Really? Yeah. If okay. Nothing, if there's nothing sweet, you know, I'll have a bowl of cereal. All right. So who's your go-to? Uh, if you could have a nominee in Cereal Madness, who would it be? See, that depends. If I want, if I 
eat like I'm supposed to and be healthy would be Honey Nut Cheerio. But, you know, I'm anything with marshmallows. <laughs> you know, if I want sugar, you know, yeah. Cocoa Pebbles with marshmallows. I said give me one. I have like one. 12 boxes. Who's your go-to? You can only no, nominate one. I get on a kick, and I'll, I'll eat, like, the same for, like, three this or This isn't, you know, a horse owner here. You can't have a coupled entry here. I have, oh, I have a stable. <laughs> I have an entire stable. <laughs> I didn't know that about you, really. Oh, yeah. How about Mrs. Marco? What's she like? She's just plain. She's yeah. plain Jane. Yeah. I'll have her text the picture of the upper shelf. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> Captain Crutch guy? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I was Captain Crutch. More so when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, if my if my mom made so you started going to the dentist, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my dad, and I. It's one thing you know. I'll eat just about anything. There's one meal I would not eat, and my dad would get it at least once or twice a month. My mom would make it for him. I would eat cereal for for dinner that night. Wow, wow. Liver and onions. Numchuck. No, no liver and onions. That, that was that was kind of pre numchuck. Uh, which what's your go to cereal numchuck? If you had a nominee for cereal madness this year, I had an entry. You did? Yeah. You have? Cinnamon you have? Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That was up that's, there. That's in there. That that's in a, my pantry. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. Nunchuck. That's when you were just joining the fray, right? No, I was like a year in. You've been here since like, what, 2019? Is that what you Yeah. That was 2020. It was March of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that's a four-year anniversary. It's kind of like the Olympiad. We probably should do <laughs> Serial Madness again. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, see, because, you know, most sports... Shows were defunct. They 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 quit. They weren't they weren't airing. They they had, they claimed to have no content. We got content, baby. We were on the whole time. We had some serious content, some serious analysis. Serious. Can you imagine Pete Pete Gillen breaking down Raisin Bran versus Tricks? That was phenomenal. I was handicapping. There were only two racetracks running during COVID, yeah. and I was handicapping both of them. And I, I didn't even know they existed. Mm. Fawner Park and Will Rogers Downs. I couldn't even tell you what states those are in. <laughs> and Fawner Park is in Nebraska, and they set an all-time record in handle because it was the only, thing, it it was the only okay. thing that was going on. Yeah. What a degenerate! <clears throat> <laughs> and I said, "Hey, that was cereal that slash was, horse. That was degenerate. You know what else time. we had? What KBL." Yeah, 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 yeah. We had our boy Spritzer giving us uh, Korea baseball picks. Oh, yeah, KBO baseball. Yeah, KBO, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was good stuff. Oh, then we also had the Australian uh, rules football, too, because that was prevalent with no crowd. Yeah. Yeah, see, watching that with no crowd, hard to get behind. Hmm. All right. Anyway, back to our futures. <laughs> Fruit Loops, 6-1. to one. <laughs> Fruit Loops gave a good run. Fruit Loops made the semifinals. They've lasted the test of time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Wheaties. You know, Wheaties is there as well. Not the sexiest pick, you know. But Wheaties and Raisin Bran are the same thing. It's it's Wheaties with Raisins. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they get eliminated over the top rope pretty quickly. <laughs> People love sugar. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, Long Kruger will join us today. Jay Cornegay will join us today as uh, we roll along, and uh, we'll handicap uh, the college basketball card as well for to- for tomorrow. So let's talk a little bit about uh, last night's uh, action on a Thursday night. Gonzaga and USF played, and uh, Marco, I've been 
the last couple days just what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, flabbergasted. How's that word? That what I've been hearing from people in the national media and looking at the Joe Lenardi's of the world and all these other ham and eggers tell, telling me that Gonzaga's on the bubble. And now that they won last night, okay, maybe some people will back off of that. But they actually thought, okay, well, you know, they're, they're closing the season against San Francisco and St. Mary's, and Gonzaga's not the same team. You know, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. Gonzaga showed who they were last night as a four-point favorite. All right. It was a one-point game at halftime. And then Gonzaga started the second half and scored 20 of the first 22 points. They blew out San Francisco. They scored 51 in the second half. I, I, 52, I should say. 52 points. No, 51 in the second half. 52 points in the paint. You know how many threes they made last night? Three. Gonzaga got the job done. And I'm looking forward to the St. Mary's game coming up Saturday. St. Mary's beat them 64-62 on Gonzaga's home floor going back uh, in January. But you know they're probably going to meet again in the final. But, uh, yeah, USF and Gonzaga last night. And I'm still not happy that USF moved this game to the Chase Center where the Warriors played because they thought, okay, hey, we're going to pack the place. Well, you're just inviting more visiting fans in, and you lose your home court advantage. They played Gonzaga and St. Mary's. These teams very tough at War Memorial. You know, it seats 3,000. But they only have, like, I say only because I know the seven-footer thought they were going to have, like, 9, 10, 11, 12,000. They had like 6,800 there last night. And, uh, and Gonzaga won handily. I never could understand at TC that, and again, money moves everything, okay, in the sporting world. But remember the old days when you'd have, we would call them Cracker Jack gyms, where the crowd is right up on the court. And, you know, that was so intimidating for the opposing team. Remember when teams would go into the palestra? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. It, it, yes. It's a, Classic, yeah. And you give it, you give the that big away. five, baby. Yeah, you you give that away. Uh, I never could understand it, but hey, it is what it is. Today, you want to you want to sell the seats, and obviously, that's a big draw. In to start with Gonzaga, even even the talk of them being on the boat, they're a top twenty five team. For one, that automatically gets them in. Two. The pedigree of what they've done the last several years, and I know that should never have any bias, but I'm sorry. When it gets down to the end and you're looking at those last few, they're always going to gravitate to the team that's been there and always been there, and they know travels well. It's, again, that's insane. But I am looking forward to the Gonzaga-St. Mary's uh, game. We know those have been the two premier teams in this conference forever. It's almost a rite of passage that we get to see them here in Las Vegas in the final of the Western... The week uh, from Tuesday Yeah, night. the WCC yeah, Conference yeah. Uh, Championship. And, you know, looking forward to it. But this is the first time that I can remember in recent years that St. Mary's is the top... The, Definitive top dog. Okay, they've always closed the gap that they're one and one A, but Gonzaga's always been the and one. St. Mary's has won the tournament on a couple yeah. of occasions. Remember that they have defeated Gonzaga, and they they've gotten a couple victories. But for the most part, it is Gonzaga. And would you say because the lines haven't come out yet? You know, they're always coming out right towards the end of our show. You think St. Mary's will be the favorite tomorrow? 
Oh, absolutely. They will be, but not by much. Not by much. I'm telling you. Because, again, what Gonzaga did last night, and I, I'll take as many points as I can because I will be on the Zags tomorrow. Yeah. I know, and I know what you'll be doing too. <laughs> you'll be teaser pleaser, <laughs> teasing them up. Just keeps uh, working, Mark. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, it's a situation that uh, I say, Gonzaga. It, there's no question. This is not the Gonzaga team that we've seen the last two, three years. Okay, they're definitely a notch below because they don't have any first round NBA draft picks. However, they are still very, they very have good. The, they probably have more balance this year than having to. They don't have the big playmaker, okay? Right, and they don't have the depth. Yeah. But let's examine Gonzaga's resume, and this just blows me away. You know where Joe Lenardi has him right now? As of this morning, he has him in the play-in game, the Battle of 11 Seeds. Battle of 11 Seeds. Now, remember, the play-in game... You know, in Dayton, used to be 16 versus 16. Okay, so they said, then they wanted to make it more interesting. So let's throw uh, a pair of sixes in there for one game. Let's pair uh, a pair of 11s in there in one game. And I don't like that. Okay? You know, don't, don't put those type of seeds, these teams that have had very good seasons, and have them play that extra game and then have to suffer and play two days later with travel and all that stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. You don't need that. Just the tournament starts on Thursday. Keep those Tuesday games, the ham and acres. Seriously. But, but why are we doing it? They're doing it to punish these teams that have had good seasons. So anyway, that's another story. But to put Gonzaga on the bubble and to say they might not be in the tournament, Gonzaga's 23-6. and six. You know who their losses are to? Purdue was number one at the time. UConn, who was number one at the time, current number one. Washington, who's in the top, I believe, 15 at the time. San Diego State, who just went to Washington the, or Washington Washington, State? Washington. Washington. Early on, Washington was good when they beat them. Uh, and that's a rivalry. San Diego State, who only went to the championship game last year. St. Mary's, 64-62. And Santa Clara, who is basically the third best team, maybe the fourth best team in there, in their conference in the WCC. All right, since that loss to St. Mary's, Gonzaga has not lost. Right? They've now won, I believe, what, seven in a row. They've won, what, nine out of their last ten. They have no business being on the bubble. And they will be the favorite to win the WCC tournament. They won't be the favorite. They'll be the favorite. They of course they will. be the favorite. They will. St. Mary's has been good. I get the, See what happens the, on Saturday first. We'll see what happens on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, St. Mary's will be, I would put them at three or three and a half. Point favorite on the, Saturday. Uh, yeah, but I'm talking about when the when the conference tournament happens. If, if, Gonzaga will be the favorite to win the. Uh, win, it, yeah. If they if they win on the road tomorrow, uh, because of past history, I I probably give it to you. It, well, but I think St. Mary's they've played consistent all year long. Now they haven't played as tough of a schedule as Gonzaga has played. I'll give Gonzaga the better right. schedule uh, for that. But man, St. Mary's has had some absolute beatdowns. They've blown they've blown people yes. up. Where Gonzaga's yes. had some, you know, up and down games, some games that they never should have, you know, that were closer than they should have been. And they Marco, had one- Gonzaga has just as many blowouts as St. Mary's, and I, I can go right down the list for you. I mean, you know, beat Portland eighty six to sixty five. Uh, they got their revenge game against Santa Clara ninety four to eighty one. Um, 
you know, beat Pacific 102 to 76, Marymount 91 to 74. But what you're seeing with St. Mary's is that they're a defensive-minded team. They slow the pace down, and they're winning games 65 to 35 or 65 to 48, and that sort of thing. And that's where the, here's my problem with St. Mary's. And I love St. Mary's. I love Randy Bennett, good friend, all that. But Gonzaga has more talent and better talent and more scoring options. The problem with St. Mary's is, and we saw it with that UNLV game, they were life and death. That game was in the 50s and it had to go to overtime. It was in the in the 40s before they went to the overtime. And it, they they don't shoot a high percentage. And they slow the pace down. They're like Virginia, like Virginia used to be, and they're winning these low low scoring games. They, you know, Mahaney is a great point guard. He is fantastic, but they have problems at the free throw line, and their bigs get into foul trouble. I'm just saying that that's where you know I got to stop a little bit and pause for St. Mary's. Now, if we're going back, say a month ago. I'm saying, yeah, St. Mary's is playing better than Gonzaga. But if we go to today, in my opinion, Gonzaga is playing much better than St. Not much better, but uh, I think this is prime time, like you said. Gonzaga's been here. They're used to this. And now it's kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. we got to go on the road and win. Our backs are against the wall. We've been here, done that before. That's what Gonzaga's all about. Yeah, and for Gonzaga, we knew this was a transition year uh, the you know physical makeup of the team was a change, and they were going to get better as the season went on. You know, as this team gelled, and they are. You know, give them the momentum coming down. You know, down the stretch, they had a couple, they had a big game a week or so ago when they they had to rematch with Santa Clara too. You know, I mean, so this is a team I wouldn't want to see either one of them, but they're both getting in the tournament. Oh, of course, they're both getting of in the course. tournament. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and here we're talking about, you know, people are talking about the Mountain West having four or five, maybe even six teams. And then the WCC is probably only going to get two. Okay, it's, and there's not a, a big uh, difference between, you know, three, four, five teams, uh, those number three, number four, number five teams between the WCC and the, and the Mountain West. And they play each other quite a bit, they beat each other up. So, Interesting stuff there, uh, and again, but when I hear that you know Gonzaga is on the bubble, it just—it's a joke, man. I mean, this team is twenty-three and six, and look who their losses were to. There's not one Rudy Poo that they lost to at all. And one of the other things that the the committee always says is, we're looking at how you're playing at the end of the year. Yeah, and also they want you to schedule up a non-conference. Yeah, Purdue, UConn, <laughs> San so, Diego State. Well, I mean, come on. I would be looking to take his credentials away, you know. And right? we know he's the guru of the, you know, supposedly, maybe self-proclaimed uh, guru of the. Uh, so Bracco- I took Bracco-cology. I took a screenshot of where he is today with that, uh-huh. just because I'm saying they have the brackets, they have like you know, the locations and wh- which team is going where. I, I'm, so I took a screenshot for the first time today. So I'm really going to take a look at this when the brackets come out next Sunday, and I want to see how close this guy is and how far off he is because he's got you know this team's playing in this region at this site and this and that. It's like all you need is shoot. one or two teams to upset the apple cart as far as somebody that wasn't getting in at all yep. and get hot for four days and steal a bid. Then it's a you know then it's a domino effect of how everything gets you know moved around and who's going where and who gets knocked out that was that was on the bubble and deserved it more. But 
that's where, how do you feel, and I know it's tradition, okay? You play all season long, and it used to be the one that I'll talk about, Missouri Valley Conference mm-hmm. used to be, this happened so many times it wasn't even funny. Team plays their season, win the conference, they lose the championship game. They have to give the automatic bid to the team that got hot for, for three days. Right. Instead of the team that played all year long, and because it was, yeah. you know, the mid-major yeah. that you know got got screwed. Yeah, still, and simple. I still hate happens. it. Still, still happens every year for the most part. We, we we would see that. You're you're saying that the entire season means nothing. A three-day, four-day tournament means yeah. more. Yeah. And again, would you rather see? We'll use two teams as an example. I don't know. You know, uh, going back in the day, you'd have like say a Wichita State, and Bradley and a, Wichita and State, Bradley all the time. Wichita or Loyal or somebody yeah. like that, right? It's like okay, uh, I'd rather see those two teams in instead of a a Clemson, a below five hundred team in conference in the ACC, or you know a Providence or somebody like that. And where do they end up? Eight or nine seed, yeah. you know, all the time. So no, I'm with you, and and that's why you have a lot of people banging the drum, you know, for those mid majors. Mm-hmm. But it, it really depends on the situation. You really got to do a deep dive, and that was part of the reason too why they ex- extended the tournament from 64 to 65, and then to 68 to incorporate those mid majors that were maybe okay, you know, 20, 25, and three. And then they were like maybe fifteen and one in conference. Oh, and they lose the championship game, or they lose a semifinal game, yeah. and then we have to have that discussion. So I think it really varies on who it is, the circumstance, the schedule strength. Are they healthy going into the end of it? All that kind of stuff, you know. But they have to be in the conversation. It just can't be. Oh no, you know, it, it's just the automatic bid for the tournament winner. You got to give serious consideration to that regular season winner. That was always my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. And unlike football, we know that these mid majors in basketball can go far. Yes, and, and you know, and give somebody you know a run for their money. That's why they call it March Madness. That's why it's the most beautiful time of the year. All right, we come back. Jay Cornegay is going to join us, and we'll talk NCAA futures. We'll talk uh, NBA, and a whole lot more coming your way. It is a basketball Friday with TC and Marco right here live from the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. Back here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Getting ready for another big college basketball weekend coming your way tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Don't forget about Hoops Central right here at the Westgate. It is your hub, your place to watch all the games, opening round games of the NCAA tournament on March 21st, 22nd. Starts bright and early, 9 a.m. Of course, goes all day, and you can watch all the games, not only here in the sports book, if you can get yourself a seat, but inside the International Theater. Reserve your seat, get your ticket for as low as $25. You got your place. Inside the International Theater, the 4K video wall, got great food options, got your designated seat, and as uh, Jay Cornegay told us last week, very small tilt of the head, you know, <laughs> very small tilt of the head where you don't have to like turn around and, you know, everything, you got everything right in front. Yeah, it's the best time of the year and there's nothing like being in a 
sports book or in you know a theater like that because every bucket it's like <laughs> half of the place erupts. Yes. The, the, you know, especially the last minute and a half yeah. of the game. You know, and, and I love the aspect too where uh, the sound techs do such a good job where you don't get commercials. So they'll, they're right on top of it. They'll switch the game and. You got all the action, but yeah, the best part, you know, again, we've been doing these, these tournaments, uh, shows and, and hosting for, for so many years. And the best part is, you know, when you got a game like, you know, Duke and somebody and they're 18 and a half point favorite and there's, you know, 30 seconds to go and everyone's on their seat, whether a total's in play or, you know, they're up by seven. I remember when they played Fullerton. State a couple of years ago, and that was the case. I think the number was was eighteen and a half, nineteen, and and uh, and, and Duke got a bucket at the end, and the place went crazy. And then the people are going like, "Why, why are they getting so excited for?" Because <laughs> half the people just cashed a ticket, and the other half tore it up. It's never over till it's over. Exactly. <laughs> John Murray joins us, the executive director of Race and Sports here at the Superbook. John, what's going on, brother? You got to be careful if you're the guy doing the TVs. Yeah. Because you can't. I was an admin here in 2008. You can't look at it like, okay, it's a blowout. I'm going to change the channel. (laughs) This game doesn't matter anymore. Because you've got second half wagering. Mm -hmm. You've got over under wagering, obviously. You've got second half over under wagering. Player props. You can't do it. Oh, the game's over. Well, now I know, though, it's a 28-point spread. It's right on the number. Yeah. That's exactly what the people want to watch. So you need your guys to really be uh, paying close attention. Should we nominate you for that, uh, that, 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 audio, uh, that audio guy? You could be the uh, audio guy. You know what? Here's why you can't have me do it. It's a, it's a much more sophisticated system now. Uh. I would have no idea how to do it. <laughs> you know, at this point in my career, it's more like, hey, uh, can you change the TV? You know what? You could be the di- you it. could be the yeah. director though. I oh, mean, yeah, you could sit back there. you could sit back there and say, yeah. "Okay, wait a minute." You know, it's like, "All right, uh, you know, camera two. Okay, we got action here." Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, we do. We, we, we got actually, points. We got point spread warning. We got point spread alert here. Is we, there a title for the job of the guy that makes the call on who gets the audio for which game? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about that, yeah. Jay. Well, <laughs> uh, no, you know, we we all. <laughs> We all really do that to an extent, honestly. Right. Like right. all of our, even our like senior people, when our main risk guys were here, they they would do a really good job of turning around, especially on like an NFL Sunday. Yeah, being like this game's over, boys, go over here. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's something that needs to be handled at the really at the highest levels because yeah. you want to make sure that you're presenting the right games. To your, to your people. And sometimes we get into arguments about it. Sometimes it's not always an easy call. I, I don't like, uh, I really dislike the way they do the second round now, where they've got like one game at 9.30-ish, yeah. and then another game, and then that that's it for the whole day, and then they play all the other games in the afternoon. Because you got, yeah, you got those two sessions. You got what basically the, the 9.15 and the 9.30, mm-hmm. and then, then you got... Then it starts scrambling and around. what happens if the 9-15 game's a blowout? I know. You're Which stuck. happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got no yeah. energy in the room, and yeah. it's like day three of March Madness. Yeah. And you've got one game on TV, and they're down by 28 points. <laughs> like, this is this is no good. I, I know. I know. I don't like it. But in the afternoon and the early evening is... Oh, it's terrific. It, it, it's crazy. It's At least you have in-game, though. They can yeah, still, they can still yeah. be trying but you're to right. do something. No, you're right. right. When, we get into the, when you get through that, that shift, you get into yeah. the evening games, and it's awesome. Well, I think you know what our compadre said here last week was, I think it was because 
you know, people are still recovering, man. I mean, they go from like oh, yeah. hitting the hard shots on Thursday and Friday at 9 a.m. And then you kind of get to Saturday and you start doing the Bloody Marys. You know, they need yeah. time to warm up and they're, and they're sleeping in, John, too. Well, you know, Thursday, there's a lot of groups of guys that, and girls, guys and gals. Yeah. They come out here and maybe they haven't. They, maybe they only see their friends a couple times a year, and this is one of the trips that they go on every year. Is they come to Las Vegas for March Madness, and yeah, Wednesday night when most people get to town. Wednesday night, Thursday, everybody's amped up. You still have your bankroll. You know, <laughs> that's a key element right there. You're, you're not hungover yet. Yeah. By when, by Saturday, yeah, you've been drinking for three days. Yeah. You probably, in some cases, have lost a few bucks. If you didn't lose a few bucks gambling, you spent <laughs> money. You know, bankroll can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. You probably have money set aside for different activities while you're here. Yeah, by Saturday and Sunday, they're they're starting to peter out a little bit. How disciplined are you when it comes to that? The bankroll. I work. Yeah. I work every March Madness. <laughs> so I don't. I uh, my first trip to Vegas when I was like twenty. Yeah. I have a I have a March birthday, so I think I just turned yeah. twenty two. And we were like, that's exactly how we were. We were so amped up. Yeah. I remember we lost a bunch of money on the NIT Wednesday night because <laughs> we couldn't even wait, you know. And then Thursday we had a great time. You probably had the Mountaineers too. Actually, Mountaineers. I did. No, we did. So West Virginia. I remember West Virginia played Creighton in the first round and they won. And we were we watched the game at Caesar's Palace. Uh, I guess we. I guess we, we were young though. We like just turned twenty one. Yeah. Our bankroll discipline, I don't think that was any good. I'm sure we like got on the plane with nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> right? but, but that was like, that was sort of the whole point of the trip. Yeah, right. 84 was my first my first trip. <laughs> 23, I was wrecked. When I got to the airport on Monday after that four-day weekend, I was like, I was sleeping at the airport, waiting to get on the plane, and I slept the whole way home. It took me a week to recover. West Virginia trip. beat Wake Forest in the second round that year. So that, that was the year that West Virginia made it to the Elite Eight. They beat, uh, they beat a Chris Paul Wake Forest team in the second round. That was pre-Huggy Bear, huh? Yeah. No, it was uh, Beeline yeah. was coach. Yeah, yeah John yeah, Beeline. We right? were, uh, yeah, we were a group of West Virginia students that came out here hmm. for, for Marsh Madness. Yeah. Were you out here for the conference tournament, the, the overtime that never ended? Syracuse was against it, UConn? Oh, yeah. I was working here, yeah. I think. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, that was the Big East Conference tournament. Yeah. That was like the Big East quarterfinals. Yeah. Th- I'm, I'm almost positive I was working here at that time, yeah. working at this sports book. Yeah. All right. No, March well, is the best. No, no yeah. doubt. Let's talk a little uh, NCAA futures because this is a time that I would think that this is where you get a lot of people that want to do the futures. They might not want to have their money held for you know six, seven months and, mm-hmm. and do it early on. Now it's like, okay, I, I can see, you know, Putting a wager down now, you know I've got a good uh, you know thirty games behind me to handicap. Don't mind the book holding it for another three or four weeks. So let's talk a little bit about about the future money you know coming in right now. And right now you've got UConn, who's the favorite, roughly around five to one. But there is a group of, of others that are in that neighborhood between ten to fifteen and up to twenty to one that you can make a case. For, for, for being live dogs. It's going to be tough to get good value on a future right now mm. unless you're – that good value meaning better than just rolling over your money through the six games. Right. You probably needed to do that earlier in the season. Mm. Not in every case, mm. but that's generally going to be true. But, 
Yeah, I think there's a few. I, I heard somebody say on some show I was on, it's wide open this year. And I was like, when is it not wide open? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's March. Of course it's wide open. Yeah. It's March Madness. Yeah, everybody can get it's on a, a run. It's a best of one playoff format. It's absolutely yeah. wide open. It is every year. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of teams. I know a team that's been really impressive recently is Kentucky. And I've seen some people talking about them. Now, they've had some really bad losses, but they put together some really good wins. Maybe look at them. It's tough to get away from Connecticut and Houston, though, because the, Connecticut's going to play their regional in Boston. Houston's going to play their regional in Dallas. Uh, they should have pretty big advantages, uh, I think, those two teams. But. Who's the team? Let's, let's pick one where you see, there, as Marco's favorite term, the EV. All right. Where's the value? Give me a team. Marquette can surprise some teams. I think yeah. there's some value with Marquette. They, you know, they can score. They play good defense. You know, again, I'm I'm always biased to the Big East. They, I still like the old the old days. I love the <laughs> the old Big East. But uh, you got to deal with Connecticut. Well, the, it's not the Big East without Syracuse. And I, I I grew up a Georgetown fan. My dad went to Georgetown. We grew up in D.C. Big East basketball was my number one favorite sport as a kid. It's not the Big East without Syracuse. You've got to have Georgetown, Syracuse, Connecticut, St. John's, Villanova, Providence. It was great when Pitt and West Virginia were in there. And, well, and I was a student at West Virginia at that time. Right. And uh, Pitt, West Virginia, Louisville. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one that I think there's tremendous value, and it's in the neighborhood of around 20 to 1, and that's Alabama. Alabama's live. Well, they're very well coached. Yes. And the, the SEC has been really good this season. And, you know, I, I watched the Auburn-Tennessee game. Feels like two days ago. Yeah, those are two really good teams too. And I mentioned Kentucky. I agree with TC about Alabama. There's a lot of good well, teams. You have five or six top twenty-five teams in yeah. in the uh, conference. Them in the Big Twelve. South Carolina. Well, if you look at uh, the top sixteen seeds, half of them will be between the Big Twelve and the SEC. Yeah, at least eight of those, you know, are projected, you know, to to be the top sixteen seeds. But no, I, I I like Alabama. I love what they did the other night. It was a perfect uh, letdown or a sandwich game for them when they went into Ole Miss, and I had Alabama that night. And I was a little worried, but because I love Alabama tomorrow against Tennessee, it's a payback game. They're at home. I thought, okay, they might be look be looking ahead, and sure enough, uh, they found themselves down 14 points at Ole Miss, a half empty place. Uh, Watch the game. Alabama started out from three-point land, one for 11, down 14. They narrowed it to three at halftime. Then they came out storming, and I believe they hit 11 out of 18 three-pointers in the second half, and they won by 15. So you had a 29-point swing in a matter of 30 minutes in that game. And uh, it just showed me right there, okay, this team, you know, they're focused each and every game. Nate Oates was coaching his tail off. He even got a technical in this game. Sears is one of the best point guards, uh, you know, in the country. And, uh, you know, when I saw the, that odds of 20 to 1, I'm going like, now this is, this is some – you've got to take a good look, good look at Alabama here because we know they're the number one scoring team in the nation. Yeah. And the top three-point shooting team in the nation. And what do we always talk about, John? Guards, right? Sure. They've got them. So to me, that 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 is a team that people need to really watch out for. 
that's the type of team that if you like Alabama, you definitely want to do them on a rollover and not take them at the set price right now yeah. because I guarantee you you're going to get much more on But the that rollover. set price looks pretty juicy at 20 to 1. You're going to get more, what you're seed g- are they going to be, Mark? Are they like a 4? I don't I, I don't really look at the bracketology stuff too much. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a three or a four. Three or a four. Depend- yeah. They got a big then, game tomorrow against Tennessee. Right. All right. But then I, I think you're yeah. right. I think it probably would pay more than 20, yeah. unless there were all sorts of upsets in their bracket, which yeah. you just, there's no way. Because to- you know they're going to be a favorite, you know, the first three rounds. There's no question about Maybe. that. Maybe in the first four rounds. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be favored in a regional final. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, if, if they if they don't, yeah if they're not facing the number one seed, you're right. But what you don't. but that that yeah. game you just described where they what they go they went one for fourteen from three and then they went eleven. One that's for, exactly yeah. why I laugh when people are oh it's so wide open. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got these teams can get red hot from three, mm-hmm. and then anybody can kind of I don't want to say anybody can beat anybody, yeah. but within reason. Yeah. A lot, look look at how look at Miami last year. Yeah. They, they didn't just win their regional. They beat Houston and they beat Texas yeah. in their regional because they couldn't miss. Right. Mm. And you, you get hot from the, from the perimeter, crazy things can happen. Again, of course it's wide open. Great, great guard play that Miami had last year. which led, Always. Okay, Mark, Marquette is an interesting play. Marquette, Marquette is interesting. Um, what about you? Give me, give me one. Didn't I already say Kentucky? Did, did you, oh, you said Kentucky. Okay, so Kentucky. Nah, I, I, you know why? Because I bet, I bet them before the season. Okay. <laughs> so like that way. I, so where are they at now, John? I think, they're, I think they're right around 20 last okay, time I Okay, so looked. they're there. They're right uh, there. Yeah, but I, I bet them before the season because I thought I was looking at all their guards they have, mentioned yeah. guard play. And uh, then, you know, that, of course, I could have had much better odds than that during the year. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost at home to Gonzaga, and they had some other bad losses, and I think now it's come back to where, about where I bet it at, right around 20. But isn't this typical Kentucky? You, you turn the roster over, you start the season slow, you yeah. build momentum, and here you are, you're rolling into March, hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good point. And, uh, you know, I, I will say we had a, a player that I do respect came in here, i say a weekish ago, and bet Duke to make the Final Four at 15-2. to two. I thought that was an interesting bet. Is Duke, I, again, I, I got to look at the brackets. Are they doing the Duke thing where they play their first two games like a mile from campus and then they play their regional like two miles from campus? Are they doing that again? It, it might not be the case no. because, again, they're, they the num- do they're, they're the number 10 team in the country. It's not yeah. like they're a top four, top five team. So, you know, they're, they're going to be a, a two seed at best. And depending on how they close, you know, they got to play North Carolina. Okay, right. to close the season this weekend. Then you get to the ACC tournament. You got that going on. So it's like, you know, no guarantee that Duke's going to be anything, you know, higher or lower than a three or four. You know, it could that'll be. be interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I make of that coach yet. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm not, I'm not totally sold yeah. on him. So I, I'd be looking at coaches. That's why I, I like. Actually, I like both of your guys' picks because yeah. I like Oates. I like Shaka Smart as well. So yeah. I, I always like to back a coach that I trust, mm-hmm. which apparently includes Calipari. That's what I did with my money. So I guess he's. I, he I wouldn't have thought yeah. he was a coach I yeah. trust, but apparently well, I got money on him. So yeah, I guess I trust him. And Kelvin Sampson as well too. You know, I mean, they yeah, I like Kelvin Sampson. They have knocked on ever since he got to Houston. I mean, that 2020-2021 team he had, and then maybe even better team 
the following season, 21-22, and then, but now you still got Shed there, and now you get LJ Cryer who transfers from Baylor, so they got that backcourt. For me, I love coaching, and I love guard play, and I love shooting teams. And Houston is so physical, I love that, but again, they're not the best three-point shooting team. Even though they yeah. got two very good guards that can score from anywhere and take over a game, so that kind of, you know, puts me over the edge with Houston. Even though, you know, they're probably you know 120th or 130th in three point percentage, but their guard play is top notch. They'll be more battle tested this season. They've gone yeah. through the juggernaut of the Big Twelve. Yeah. They went to the fog. They got blown out by Kansas. They've had to play tougher games all year. Yep than they did before they moved into the Big 12. That could be a big advantage for them, I think, in the tournament. And they, they haven't missed a beat. I mean, no. I thought, you know, we were talking about this last week, you know, when they went into Baylor, it's like, okay, you know, they're, they're going to have a couple hiccups here, but they really haven't, aside from that one game that was a long time ago against, against Kansas. And you, you know? don't want to look at that too much. You know, right. if you, you see a team get blown out on the road in a conference game, you can throw that out the window. Yeah, who cares? It's going to happen. Of course. The Big 12 has been gold for me this year, and I've made money with playing situational spots. There, I can't tell you how many times I've cashed on Central Florida at home where right. you get these Big 12 teams that are coming off a big game and then making that trip to Central Florida for the first time. That's not a natural road game. You know, it was the same way the first year West Virginia was in yeah. there. You find the spots, and then you have a team – getting Oklahoma or Texas for the last time in their building, you know, before they send them on their way to the SEC. You know, I had a, you know, spot the other night, you know, I had Iowa State uh, cashed. And, you know, I just keep looking for them. And I did it last night with Washington against UCLA. UCLA yep. was coming off the USC game and got to go to Washington. Everybody looking for US, you know, UCLA to bounce back because they've been playing good down the stretch. Yeah, no. UCLA is just a horrible basketball team. It's funny, Tracy Murray, who's a good friend who does the broadcast for that, I mean, mm-hmm. he even said, he goes, I don't know what we're going to get with this team. And when you look at their, their metrics, I mean, they're in the 300s as far as you know, points per game, three-point shooting, free throws. You can't back teams like that. I was, I was on Washington as well last night you know because of that and again it was it was no contest so all right uh good stuff here as uh, we continue to wait for march madness appreciate it all right man have yourself a good weekend john appreciate you joining us today i'm ready for march madness gentlemen <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm ready for conference tournaments don't forget about conference tournaments i know it's, it's a lot of fun too man. especially right away we get we, we get the, the the great one to kick us off with the wcc next weekend next saturday night the quarterfinals oh, going on at the orleans i've been to all right i've been to that championship game a few times yeah it's fun yeah we're looking forward to that it'll be a week from monday the semifinals and a week from tuesday the championship game we'll probably see gonzaga and st mary's once again all right, John Murray, our guy over here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. We come back along. Kruger is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts not only on the big picture, but we'll have him grade his son like we like to do. <laughs> How's his son doing over at UNLV? We talked to Kevin every week, talked to Kevin the other day. Well, now we'll see what Pops has to say. But uh, the Hall of Famer, Long Kruger, will join us when we come back. Plus, we will be handicapping a good slew of games on the docket for tomorrow. So don't you dare go anywhere inside the Westgate. Here on a Hoop Friday. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. I need to live. In the energy.
entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A freshman has won it for the Wolverines. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Hoops Friday, live from the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo with you. We continue on here in hour number two. Well, we'll be handicapping the card tomorrow. Plenty of great college basketball games. And don't forget March Madness right here inside the International Theater. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com for March 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. No better place to be than here in the Superbook or inside the International Theater. Of course, we'll be doing the show like we do each and every year, Thursday and Friday, for the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. All right, a little programming note, as we mentioned in hour number one. Uh, if you're listening to the show here locally in Las Vegas, uh, we've had some weather issues and some uh, transmitter issues. So uh, until that gets fixed, uh, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. If you're in Vegas, you're having some uh, issues because of the, uh, the weather and the high winds here today. But uh, no issues there on the website. Hit the Listen Live button at tcmartinshow.com. And uh, hear the rest of the show and hear everything else that we've got uh, going on here. All right. Speaking of March Madness, a guy who knows a thing or two about the madness is the Hall of Fame coach and our very good friend who not only spent time as a head coach here at UNLV, but great success at other stops as well. Florida, Kansas State, Oklahoma, just to name a few. Lon Kruger. What's going on, Lon? TC, I'm doing well. Good to good to hear your voice. Good to be talking to you. Good to hear from you, my friend. Yeah, we got to get you down here in person. Hopefully, we can do this uh, during the course of either the you know before the tournament starts or during the tournament. We'd love to have you in person uh, if you got some time, Lon, and, and you're staying in Vegas. Well, that'd be great. We're definitely definitely going to be around, and uh, what a great time of year! You know, a lot of things going on, a lot of great conference races, and. Uh, and obviously, uh, March Madness becomes pretty special. You know, Lon, you've been through so many of these things, and when you get to that final weekend of the regular season, I know you've had times where, where teams where you felt like, hey, man, we, we need to win, we need to finish strong, we need to improve our seed. Other times you felt pretty comfortable, you knew you were going to be maybe a top seed or a two seed or something like that. Just talk about how that is for a head coach, uh, you know, and the message that you get across to your players, no matter really what seed you're at, or you think you could be, but just closing the regular season at this point right now. Absolutely. It's, it's such a grind. You know, right now, it's, uh, you get into February, and uh, you always feel like you need one more. It doesn't matter if you're a three-seed trying to get to a two or if you're uh, you know, conference seeding you know, for postseason conference tournaments or, or if you're on the bubble. You, you always feel like you need one more, and, uh, and that's what you're conveying to the players. Don't worry about the – the long range, this next game is the only thing on your mind. And uh, I think most coaches approach it that way. And, and that's why it becomes such a grind. When you, you know, Games are hard to win any time during the year, but especially February and March. And uh, when you let one slide or what, let one get away, you, you just don't get that back. So uh, every every game is a little bit more stressful. And, uh, and uh, coaches, uh, it's a grind for them for sure. 
Lon, do you recall having one of those nerve-wracking Sundays? Is that there's one stick out for you or two where you didn't know if you were going to get the call, or you know you had everybody in the team room and you had the the CBS cameras, uh, you know, on you and all that sort of thing. You, you got a story or two you could share with us? Uh, yeah, not, nothing real specific. We were very fortunate in that I guess we were either either uh, you know, never never did we sit there expecting to get in. And not get her name called. So I, I guess that's uh, very fortunate because now there's sometimes we, you know, we thought we were getting in and weren't sure, and we did. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a tough, that's a tough moment. You know, uh, never did we, uh, you know, fortunately, never did we uh, think we were getting in and then go home disappointed. So uh, on that side, uh, it was good. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always uh, it's not just getting in, but then uh, you know those eight nine. You know, uh, seeds are so tough because if you do get by the first game, you got a one, the one seed uh, in the next one. So um, it's not just about getting in, but then you're worried about uh, your matchups and uh, you know, you know, the type of team you're playing. Uh, you know, that becomes critical so you can advance uh, not only the second game but hopefully the second weekend. Lon Kruger joins us. Lon, uh, great success here at UNLV as well. Let's go back. What was that, the 2007, 2008 season, whatever it was, Lon, where you guys made that run to the Sweet 16. What what stood out for you during that season? Not so much at, at the end, but kind of the season as it unfolded where you made that run. Take us through you know, the, uh, the conference tournament as well. Exactly. So that team won the 2017 won the, the the conference tournament championship. So that takes the pressure off of uh, wondering if you're getting in or not. And of course, during that time, as today, uh, there was uh, oftentimes three or four you know Mountain West Conference teams that were getting you know at large bids. So uh, it was a time uh, where the conference was very strong. Uh, maybe not quite as strong as what it's been the last couple three years here. Because right now the Mountain West Conference is unbelievably strong, and uh, hopefully we'll get you know four, five, six teams in uh, this year. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was great to see that team come together, you know, make progress throughout the year, win the conference tournament, and then uh, obviously get to the second weekend in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Rebels. Right now, they've won three in a row. They've won eight of their last nine. We talked to Kevin yesterday. You know, we're, you know, we talked to him just about on a weekly basis here, and very impressive. Lon, they're seventeen and ten, ten and five in conference. I'm curious on your thoughts on what have you seen from this uh, year's Rebels team? It's great to see the progress they've made. Uh, they obviously had some disappointing losses in uh, in non-conference and. Uh, and uh, that, that really set them back. They had some injuries that they, they really worked through because other guys have stepped in. When you lose a Jalen Hill for the season, uh, that's a huge, huge loss. And, but you have to see Rob Whaley step up and Brooklyn Hicks and guys uh, that weren't uh, starting uh, you know, early uh, come on and, and play the minutes that they're playing. And, it, and of course, uh, the older guys uh, combined with uh, you know, DJ you know, Thomas at the point has been unbelievable in uh, the young player, what uh, progress he's making. It's, it's just great to see, uh, again, even as you sit and watch practice, you kind of chuckle at how good they've become defensively. Right. Early in the year, they're, they're inconsistent. Right now, they're, they've become a physical team defensively. They, they've really bonded together and, and consistently doing a good job on that. And they're still a little bit inconsistent offensively, and some nights they make shots more than others. But uh, Great to see uh, see what they're doing and the confidence that they're playing with right now. Big game tomorrow. You know, San Jose State 
is a team that's played a, a lot of people right down to the wire, and they haven't won many, but they're very capable. And I think uh, the Rebels understand that and uh, realize how well they'll have to play tomorrow. You know, Kevin is now in his third season, and I think, you know, by his own admission, you and I have talked about this before, you know, growing as a head coach. How, how would you grade his performance uh, this year with this team and this situation? Uh, and how much have you seen him grow from year one to year two, year two to year three? Well, certainly the, there's been progress. You know, no question. I mean, you know, the second year team was better than the first year. This year's team is clearly the best team they've had. Uh, you know, this year's team probably from a coaching standpoint is, is the most, uh, been one of the more difficult ones to coach, you know, from a coach's perspective, because number one, the injuries, you know, you always, uh, you always battle, you hate to battle that, but uh, you got to manage that. Then the other thing that, you know, each player has contributed at different times, but, uh, but not anyone uh, as consistent as what you'd like from a coaching standpoint. From a coach's standpoint, you'd like to know exactly what you're getting from players every night out. You never get that 100%, but the, the more, Closely you come to getting that, the, uh, the easier it is to, uh, to know uh, what to expect every night. But, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be, I mean, in, in, in Kevin's 10th year of coaching, he's going to be uh, a lot more comfortable than he is in the ninth. <laughs> in the third year, he's a lot more comfortable than he was in the first. And, and that's just a continued growth. That, uh, you know, regardless if you're coaching basketball or working as a, as a manager of a business, you, you get more comfortable with that experience every year. And, and Kevin has done that. Do you guys have regular meetings or conversations, Lon, regarding games or strategies? Or just talk a little bit about, you know, uh, you know that relationship with you guys from a coaching perspective, especially, you know, now, mid-season, towards the end of the season. Yeah, not, nothing really specific as it re- relates to opponents or game plan, uh, you know, we talk basketball, as we've done every day of our lives. You know, Kevin doesn't remember a, a day of playing basketball or, uh, you know, since he started that we didn't talk basketball in one shape or another. Maybe about the Rebels or maybe about uh, other teams in the conference. Maybe about, uh, you know, the Kansas State team or Oklahoma team where Coach you know, Kev was an assistant. I mean, you know, any, any number of things that we that we talk about. But uh but no, not, not any regular meetings uh, as it relates to this Rebel squad as much as just uh, basketball in general, uh, both of us uh, loving the game and, uh, and uh, fans of the game. So uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, I've enjoyed that, and he's allowed me to continue that relationship as we've had over the last 20-plus uh, you know, years. Is it more important for you to still feel like you – would like to mentor him or do you feel it's more important for him to kind of do things on his own or is there a happy medium there? What, what approach, you know, have you taken with him with that? Probably more of a happy medium uh, because, you know, number one is a parent. Right. You, know, you want your kids to do well <laughs> and you want them to grow and uh, they're going to find uh, you know, their own way, you know, for sure. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it's a lot more stressful you know, uh, sitting up in the stands right now than it was those 45 years on the sidelines. I mean, not even close, you know. Uh, and now I, uh, I, you know, when my wife Barb says, now you understand what I've gone through, and I say, yeah, absolutely. I apologize for, <laughs> for 45 years of torture because uh, it is so much more difficult. And Kevin's got a sister that loves the game, and she calls uh, 
you know, uh, called at halftime. She called at the end of the game. She called whenever <laughs> to, uh, to assess what went on. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot more difficult uh, now than, uh, than from the sidelines. But, uh, no, we, uh, Jeff's very secure and he's very confident. And, uh, and again, uh, as with anything, he'll get better and better and more comfortable with every year. Lon, have you missed a game? Are you are you at every home game, and do you, do you travel at all, or just watch them on TV, or, or where do you stand with that? Barb and I watch every home game or attend every home game. Right. Uh, we don't travel. You know, we went to the early season uh, tournament in Daytona because we met our daughter and her family coming up from Puerto Rico. So we, we met them there, but uh, that was the only road trip we've made this year. But uh, they're, they're hard to watch on television, that's for sure, But uh, and, and hard in person as well. But, uh, no, it's, it's great to, to see him making progress, great to see him be on a good run right here, and uh, hopefully that will continue uh, through the next uh, few weeks. The Rebels are in a good spot right now. Won three in a row, eight of the last nine. Like we said, 17 and 10 and 10 and 5. Lon Kruger joins us. T.C. Martin along with Marco D'Angelo here at the Westgate. Lon, you've got uh, five teams within one game of first place in the conference. Realistically, how many do you think can make the, the big dance? Unfortunately, at this point, you know, you start, you know, teams start beating up on each other. You know, the good thing is that you're, 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 you're winning games against quad one people uh, or quad two, you know, perhaps. Uh, and if you lose a game, it, it, it doesn't kill you because it's against a, a, another highly ranked team. But, um, yeah, you know, you know, that four or five is probably more realistic than six. But it would be nice to, to get uh, six of them in. But, uh, and again, if you look at that around compared to other conferences in the country, ACC is not going to get – as many teams as the Mountain West. Uh, you know, the Big 12, the Southeast Conference, Big 10 probably will, but uh, maybe Mountain West might be the fourth conference in terms of the number of teams uh, that qualify. So that's pretty special, and, and uh, the, the conference is starting to get that attention nationally, too. Mm-hmm. Lon, which team in the conference or teams that, uh, that you look at saying, wow, I mean, th- this, this team is, is really good, and they could maybe even do some damage in the tournament? Well, the team that set the standard over the last few years, of course, is San Diego State, you know, going to the Final Four last year in the, the championship game. Uh, and with Ladie, I mean, he's their post guy that just, you know, sets himself apart in how physical and how talented he is. So he, you know, that would probably be the team that comes to mind first and foremost uh, because of their, uh, their history and their success. They've got a good team this year. And I think you can take a look at any of those, uh, you know, five or six, uh, you know, that are within that one game at the top and uh, make a good case for them for sure to, to win games in the NCAA tournament. That's what, other than San Diego State last year, we haven't had many teams advance in the NCAAs, and, and that's, as a conference, uh, the next step for us. And, you know, we were just talking about this, you know, in relation to Gonzaga. It was laughable on that if you listen to a lot of people, you know, nationally are talking about, well, Gonzaga's on the bubble. And I'm saying, how, how can you put this team on the bubble? I mean, the tradition, the history, and they're rock solid. I mean, they lost to UConn. They lost to, to Purdue. They lost to San Diego State. They lost to Washington. Uh, and then, you know, they lost to St. Mary's. I mean, this team is still rock solid. Of, of course, you know, they should be in the tournament. That's the way I look at it. But when you look at teams like in the Mountain West – where maybe they're not used to having that success, even though San Diego State may be looking up 
at some of these teams in the standing. How important is it to have that experience to to go through the tournament like what San Diego State did before, like your teams did, like what previous San Diego State teams, where maybe you know some of these other teams have not you know gone through that and, and been successful. Without question, experience is so valuable. It's hard to put a, a exact number on it, but uh, as uh, anyone does anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, and the more likely you are to get a good result. So, uh, yeah, the experience that San Diego State has had is, is invaluable to them. Uh, they walk out with an expectation uh, of doing well, where other teams that haven't been there before walk out hoping to do well. And the difference there in a one-possession ball game, uh, pretty clearly uh, the advantage goes to the experienced, uh, experienced team. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a good league. I think, uh, you know, you, you talk about Gonzaga, and clearly you would just expect them to be in the field. But they're really, uh, they just don't have the number of quad one wins, you know, and, uh, it's hard when you're, you know, in that league as compared to the Mountain West, where they've got a, a lot of teams in quad one, where Gonzaga just, uh, doesn't have many opponents where they get, uh, quad one credit for, for winning. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, I think they are at, at St. Mary's this weekend. So that's a huge, huge game for Gonzaga to solidify, uh, their, uh, their chances of getting into the tournament. Looking outside the Mountain West, what team uh, have you been really impressed with? I know, you know, of course, UConn, Purdue, Houston, they've been at the top. But uh, is it one of those teams or maybe somebody else that, hey, you guys better keep an eye on, on these guys. Who would that be for you? Clearly, those three are separating. You might, you might add Tennessee in that group, you know. Uh, uh, but I, I think those four are probably, uh, I think, the national champion uh, – would, would probably come from those, you know, one of those four. I think Houston is uh, maybe even separated themselves a little bit, especially defensively from the other three. Uh, offensively, Houston can be a little challenged at times, but defensively, they're clearly the best in the country at, at what they do. UConn, of course, uh, great, and uh, then uh, Purdue's got something no one else has in uh, a guy like Ladee or uh, uh, Edie in, in the middle. So uh, it, it's a great, it's a great. Balance in the league in the, in the country, uh, uh, you know those teams probably would have a leg up on everyone else, but uh, not any guarantee for sure. All right, uh, your former, you know, a couple of your former teams playing pretty well. I mean, the Gators, you know, playing well over in the SEC. You know, Oklahoma's probably one of those teams that's on the bubble. Maybe they, maybe they're in. And then you know, we saw K State defeat Kansas earlier this year, and I know you probably keep an eye on on those teams uh, very very closely still. Those teams are doing well. You add Illinois to that group. Illinois, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, and, and I, I can't forget well. the Illini. You're right, Lon. No, Come on, no, jeez, no. my bad. No, they've, uh, they've, they've done very well. Brad, uh, Brad's had a great job there. But yeah. uh, Carlin Hartman, uh, who's assistant with us at Oklahoma and was champ here uh, last year, uh, two years ago, was you know doing doing great with Florida. Florida's coming on very well. Uh, Porter Mosher's group at Oklahoma, you know, they uh, really guard you. You know, really well it can be a little up and down defensively, but uh, but I agree that I think all those teams are are going to be in the tournament. And uh, when you get to the tournament, you know, everything uh, everyone's got a chance. So uh, uh, that's what uh, they're all looking forward to doing. All right, give me that sleeper. Oh, the sleeper. Uh, well, we talked about the top the top four guys. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a wildcat. I, I, I you know. If Kansas gets healthy, I, I hate to say KU, but uh, you'll have to consider them 
uh, in the picture. Uh, um, you know, someone like the Illini who really guard really guards you well, and uh, and uh, you know, got you know, Cannon that can really you know get you going offensively. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a great time of year, and you know, everyone's got their favorites and. Uh, but those sleepers are fun to follow too. Lon, would you say that you know, you know, my mo has always been you know you have to have great guard play, you have to have you know leaders, you have to have a, a great point guard, and uh, not only just to be able to distribute, but to be able to score as well too. And I think that's the one thing for me with Illinois. They've got four great players, but they really don't have that point guard that that you know can put you over the top i don't know how important you you feel that is and if that could be you know a detriment to a team if they don't have that true veteran leader of a point guard what are your thoughts on that definitely makes it more difficult uh you know not to say that you can't do it but you'd much prefer having that point guard that can uh, distribute and uh, and run the show and make everyone else uh, around them a little bit better but uh but yeah, like you say, if you got those three or four guys that can step up on any given night and get you twenty twenty-five, that uh, eases the pain of not having that point guard. You know, speaking of point guards, you mentioned DJ Thomas. Uh, we know he's uh, a second-generation uh, rebel. His dad had played. He's a freshman. Uh, kid's what, nine, barely nineteen years old. Give me your thoughts on what we've seen from him in his progression from day one to where he is now. It's made so much progress from early in the season, and, and will just continue to get better and better. You know, it's a terrific family. You know, and DJ's decision to stay home and and uh, maybe uh, help to rebrand the Rebels, uh, which he absolutely has done in in the first year, and uh, and uh, see the crowds coming back, and uh, and uh, see you know, other guys that uh, that are following his lead, uh, unbelievably good. Good, really good freshman year for for DJ, and that's a great kid. You know, I mean, all about team and all about you know just getting a winning result, and uh, can score when he needs to, can can make others around him better, and uh, just fun to watch his growth and development, uh, especially in the role that he's had as uh, the leader and uh, a go-to guy. Great stuff, Lon. Uh, appreciate the time, appreciate the knowledge, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at the TNM. We got tomorrow night, like you mentioned, against San Jose State. Tuesday's going to be a big one as well as San Diego State comes to town. And then, of course, they close the season up at Reno and then back here for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. So we've got some great basketball here in Las Vegas, not only the TNM, but you know the other sites as well, too. Uh, no better time, no better place to be, right? Absolutely. Great time of year and a lot of good basketball uh, come to town. So always appreciate uh, the opportunity to visit. Thanks, TC. Take care, brother. We'll, we'll see you, you soon. Bet. There yep. he is. Lon Kruger, one of the best college basketball Hall of Famer, Lon Kruger. And Kevin, doing a very good job in year number three as a head coach. And like you said, year after year, better and better and better. Okay, Year two is better than year one. Year three is better than year two. And the Rebels right now, 17-10, and 10-5 and 10-5 in conference. And we've seen... The 17 and 10s, we've seen that kind of record before as we head down the stretch, but we haven't seen like 10 and 5 in conference. Usually the Rebels are right around 500, maybe a game over, a game below, and uh, that doesn't get you a good seed for your conference tournament. But at 10 and 5, a chance to go 11 and 5 tomorrow against San Jose State, which they should, no reason they should, they should lose that game. And then, like we've talked about before too, Marco, we've talked about it with Kevin too, is like, 
you hate to play the what if game, but oh my goodness, the Nevada game, the Air Force game, the Utah State game, all games they had, the Rebels could be looking at being 13 and 2 right now. Yeah. The big game's going to be the the, cl- the closer with uh, Reno, Nevada Reno. That's going to be the game. And I think if they win that game and take, you know, they're going to, you know, that's going to get them, move them up. They still have a legitimate chance. You're going to have to see Utah State and San Diego State both, you know, stub their toe, which is going to be tough because they're both in front of them. But you have five teams within one game, and Reno's one of the teams right in front of them that they can get that win and, you know, leapfrog them. They finish in the top four, you know, kudos to them for this season. But you played the what if with those couple games, you know, the Air Force game in conference, and then we always go back to the first game of the season. And, man, would they love to have that one back because that's what really hurts their at-large resume. Right, right, right. And, you know, the other teams that we, uh, you know, didn't even mention, Boise State in New Mexico in Colorado State. Uh, basically perennial powers in this conference, or at least upper echelon, and they're right there as well, too. And for Selection Sunday, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how many of those Mountain West Conference teams, and it has to be in the back of the committee's head, that, okay, if we put multiple Mountain West Conference teams, are we going to get that backlash like we've got in the last few years of them being one and done? And taking up a spot from somebody else. Now, granted, San Diego State made that run. But aside from San Diego State, I mean, there was nobody that won a game in the tournament last year. And even the year before, San Diego State went bye-bye right away. They did. But it definitely got them some, you know, street cred, if you want to. Some leeway. Yeah, yeah, a little bit to, you know, maybe push. You know, I think, personally, I think four is the top that you would see. Yeah, I agree. That's where okay. it should be. Okay. That's where it should be. But then I think once they you... stretch after that, you're, you're reaching. Yeah. And to your point that you made at the beginning of the show, how much are you going to put on the regular season record and what the results are in the conference tournament? Because right now, I mean, no one's really blowing you away with the conference record. I think what, you know, San Diego State's not even at the top. <laughs> and this is a team that went all the way to the NCAA championship game last year, and I think that's the team that everyone fears. Okay, But they they have stepped back this year. They have slid. Would it surprise you if Reno, UNLV, or Colorado State sprung an upset in the tournament? I can't see any of those spring. What are you talking about? The conference tournament? Oh, the conference tournament. tournament. Oh, I can see that. I can see that because on any given night... Any team can beat any team. I mean, we saw it. Even Air Force. They've won one conference game. (laughs) But they won by 30 at UNLV. So, But you say, is take away Air Force, take away San Jose State, anyone can win a game or two in the tournament. Because Colorado State, they're they're at the bottom. And they got arguably maybe the best guard in the conference in Isaiah Stevens. New Mexico's got a pair of great guards. You got Jamal Mashburn Jr., Okay, but no one's really talking about them. So, and then Boise, they're just consistent. Utah State, no one really thought Utah State was going to do that well this year. Traditionally, they've been great, but they had a coaching change. They lost every single player from their roster, including Ashworth, the all-world point guard. Seemed like he'd been at Utah State for 10 years, and now he's tearing it up at Creighton, you know. So they have a whole new roster. 
UNLV has a whole new roster. Uh, San Diego State has returnees from that championship team, but but not a whole bunch. But like Lon said, Lede's there. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this tournament because um, you can make a case for eight teams getting to the final. You're going to be busy. You'll be calling a tournament. You'll be... You definitely want to see Gonzaga, St. Mary's yeah. in the final, yeah. you know, and then, you know, let's not forget, we've got the Mountain West. I'm actually then, calling two tournaments. I'll be calling the Mountain West final, too, this year. Oh, okay. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, the Big West and the and the Mountain West. So uh, that'll, uh, it'll, it'll be busy. Yeah, I really look forward to the WCC tournament as well, too, and, you know, how closely and the we final cover pack, that. And the Just final Pac-12. Just for nostalgia yeah. sake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that Saturday is always a, a crazy Saturday because you have the championship game in the Mountain West at Thomas and Mac at 3 p.m. and then you have the Pac-12 championship uh, at six there at T-Mobile Arena. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know how excited I am about the Pac-12 though, Marco. And uh, to, honestly, I'm really not going to be so sad to see him go bye-bye. Tradition-wise, I am. Me too. I know. But, uh, from that, especially this football. This year's but, yeah. crop, no. Man, right. This year's crop, no. The last couple of years with basketball have have really not been good. Well, because it's been the same thing all, you know, well, whenever you don't have USC and UCLA as the household, you know, name mm-hmm. that, you know, Arizona, we've seen that over and over again for you know, a decade right. now. Okay. And I like that team. I do, but man, they, you know, they don't they get it never done. never make the deep run, right. no. Right. And right. you got a team, you know, Washington State that's played very, very well this year. Uh, you know, they've been, you know, I knew they were going to be good. I didn't think they could be this good. And they've taken a step back. I mean, that loss that they uh, had to Arizona State last weekend, it, it, ridiculous. How, uh, it they is got blown big. out. It, uh, and last night they were I was life on, and death. Uh, Last night, and they, they finally, because USC collapsed and, and Washington State hit some big threes at the end, they got that victory last night. But again, you know, I love situational stuff. When I watched the Arizona Washington State game on Thursday night, yeah. you know, I was at my favorite place playing cards, and I got up to watch the final couple minutes of that game. It just how intense yeah. that game was, and to get that win on Arizona's floor, I, I immediately. Look, see who they're. Well, I knew who they're playing because right. they do the, you know, yeah. the Arizona yeah. road trip. That's to go against. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm taking the, I'm taking yeah. the home dog. I'm yeah. going to be there. Now, did I think that I was going to win the game outright? No, I, you know, I yeah. didn't play no money line, especially as bad as ASU has played. Yeah, but <laughs> that, it was there easy. was no indicator that they were going to show up like they did. Yeah, and and I thought in my mind too, it was like, okay, Washington State's going to have that letdown, but it's like, I mean. You have to be prepared for this. You know that, okay, can't have the letdown. Can't have the letdown. Okay, we're going down the street here, and we're playing these guys. They're not very good. Let's don't have the letdown. I mean, they were never in that game. No. They were it, never in it. The bottom line, and it's why I love college sports so much, TC, and, you know, and I love the math guys. <laughs> you know, I love yeah. them to death. I like to punch them sometimes. <laughs> but they, that's all they think about is they're not machines. You've got to understand this. You can show me all the numbers all you want. You're dealing with 20 to 22-year-old kids, okay? They are not machines. They cannot go out and perform at the same level all the time. And that was such a huge win for that team that program at that venue in four because don't forget they had already beaten Arizona so winning that game 
gave them the tiebreaker. It actually gave them when they, they went into yes, a tie. I know. It was like a right. two. It was like a two-game lead right. uh, for them. So yeah, the the letdown was coming. It was coming. All right, and the uh, Washington State will close it out at home against UCLA. And again, the schizo UCLA team, just like USC. I mean, two major disappointments. And, we, and this writing was on the wall from the very beginning. When UCLA just struggled this year, I, talk about a team that just does not have the personnel, uh, doesn't even come close to what they've had in years past. That is UCLA. Okay, let me ask you this. Is that a recruiting problem with Cronin? Oh, in, big in, time. Is this his last year there? Here's the thing. I never cared for the move for Mick Cronin. And I remember all the Bruin backers and alums that I know, they're like, okay, we don't get it. I mean, here's a guy that likes to play that slow down pace, and he's a defensive grinder. You're going to try to do that in this conference. And remember, it took him a while to recruit those type of players. And you had players leaving the program, too. It's like, okay, this isn't for me. And Herb, they tried that with Herb Sendek at Arizona State. You know, when Herb Sendek came from Miami of Ohio and he tried to bring that to Arizona State, it didn't work. And then he ends up at Santa Clara. And now, yeah, they're like St. Mary's. They're playing it, you know, like that. And they're going to get some wins, but they're never, you know, going to take you over the hump with that style of play. That's not UCLA's identity. Right. And shame on them. Because didn't they just get enough of Ben Holland? Yeah. Okay. What was the Ben Holland program? Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Defense, 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 and and, and, you know get sixty some points. Right. Yeah. I had I had that at Pitt. I know. I know. You know. (laughs) Not real attractive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We come back. We'll take a look at the card uh, for tomorrow as we continue on here on this Hoop Friday at the Westgate. The TC Martin Show is back. Yes. Yes. What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes, in the face! The doctor is now in. in. Shout out to our good friends over at Friar Tux. My man, Mondo, taking care of business. Fitting the doctor up very nicely. And uh, an entire crew. we got to get Marco D'Angelo over to Friar Tux. Yes, go see them over in Sahara and Valley View. Go see the lovely Severn. She'll take care of you as well, too. Mondo, Severn, Stephanie, they're all there. They do a fantastic job. And, uh, yes, prom season. You got kids? Get ready. It's prom season. Over right now at Friar Tux. Take care of you. So you need to look good, Marco. Two, three-piece suit. We got you. They got portly size? They got portly size. (laughs) Big Al's all ready to go. We had Big Al all set up. The day that Big Al was in town, not this trip, but before, you know, Big Al wanted to, you know, he wanted to go a night on the town. He wanted to go uh, rub elbows with uh, some of his favorite Las Vegas aces. He goes, I, I need to get, I need to get hooked up. We called Mondo. Boom, there it is. So they take care of Big Al. They take care of you, my friend. All right. Didn't we call him on air? We called him on air. Yeah, we called Mondo on air. That's what I thought. <laughs> And uh, Al reminds me of that all the time. He goes, you didn't have to call the guy on air. <laughs> of course we did. Right, Numbchuck? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Numbchuck, I think it's, it's time for you to, to uh, get dolled up, man. Sure. Let's go for that. Let's <laughs> do, you, do you ever put a suit on, man? No. Why not? 
This is as dressed up as you'll ever see me. T-shirt, jeans, boom. Okay, we're we're going out to dinner one of these nights. We got to dress you up a little bit, okay? I'll get dressed up a little bit for that. How about okay. that? Okay, all right. And where's the place to go, Numchuck? <laughs> I, we've got so many. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. What are we talking about here? Come on, man. Everything. Jeez, unbelievable. Go see my guys at Friar Tux. They will take care of you. The latest styles, fashionista. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Mark, let's take a look at this card tomorrow. Let's start with uh, Kansas and Baylor. What a laydown job Kansas had the other night against BYU. No excuse for Kansas to lose the way they did to BYU, to collapse in the final few minutes. And I know a lot of people are high on BYU. I'm still not. But, man, Hunter Dickinson, downright awful. Couldn't make anything. Missing free throws. And uh, I don't know how you can overlook a team on your home floor. I don't think that was the case because Kansas was was basically leading wire to wire up until the final couple minutes. But uh, embarrassing loss for Kansas. How do they respond uh, going to Baylor tomorrow? I think clearly they they got caught looking ahead to, to this one with Baylor. And, you know... When you have a good team like Kansas that has a clunker like they had, they generally are going to come back with a good effort. So um, <laughs> Baylor at home, I don't like this, the new arena. I, I, I don't know. The first year. It takes a while it, you know, for everybody. But it's a nice arena, man. It is a nice arena. Only, only seats 7,500. They pack them in there. But uh, no, the sight lines are good, and it's kind of weird watching on TV because you got like that glass end on one end, mm-hmm. kind of like the way Allegiant Stadium is. Kind of, okay. like, it looks a little different, but um, that's going to be a real good. Looking home at court a line of four and a half. Is that where we're at now? Baylor four and a half. And Baylor the favorite at home. Yep, fifteen ranked Baylor over number seven Kansas. Okay, Kansas won the first meeting back on February tenth, sixty four, sixty one, and, and Baylor's playing some good ball. I mean. Baylor played Houston very, very tough last Saturday. Again, uh, had a chance to win. If they make a free throw, they win the game. They upset uh, the Cougs. And they're not number one right now. They go to overtime, and, um, and Baylor couldn't get the job done. They could. I would look for Kansas to bounce back, though. Uh, Long Kruger just talked about the Illini. Illini is at Wisconsin tomorrow. I think this might be a good spot for Whiskey. Illini number 13. These two teams play each other tough. They know each other exceptionally well. But Wisconsin at home at this time of year, uh, they're usually nails. And I'm going to take a look at Wisconsin. Do we have a line on this one as of yet? We're seeing twos and two and a halfs, Wisconsin. Um, I don't like the way Wisconsin's played down the stretch. This is a team that what you said in, in, in the past, you know, generally they've gotten better as this season's gone on. And they're a team, you know, they always play good defense. Uh, that it's, you know, you don't want to play that style of basketball. But they played better earlier in the Big Ten uh, schedule than they have later. Um, this is a fishy kind of line to me, uh, two and a half. Uh, I'm not going to say I. I I'm taking Illinois, but uh, this is a coin flip game for me. Wisconsin needs a couple more wins to uh, get back on track. Wisconsin's won, what? Uh, let's see, what, five out of their last six at home. They're a much better home team. That one loss they lost uh, was to Purdue, and that was a close game where they only lost by six points to Purdue. But uh, they, they had a bad loss the other night at Indiana. Uh, 74-70 went down to the wire. But I think it's a good bounce-back game for Wisconsin. I like them 
uh, there in Madison. Like them at the Kohl Center. Illinois, not a team that uh, plays exceptionally well traveling-wise. You know, they gave up 97 to to Minnesota on Sunday. Yeah. Or, or, or was it Sunday or the last time that they played? Yeah, they. Yeah, they, that was the Wednesday, game after. Wednesday night, 105-97. Um, they beat Minnesota at home, but they gave up 97 to them. And they were come, were they coming off the Penn State loss? No, they got they won. They beat Iowa, so the Penn State loss was the, game was before that. the Wednesday, okay. and then Saturday they were at home and they beat Iowa. So they took care of business at home, ninety five eighty five in one hundred five ninety seven. I'm gonna take a shot with whiskey tomorrow. Marquette and Creighton, man, this is uh, turning to be a very good rivalry. Two Big East teams, Marquette number five in the country, Creighton number twelve. Uh, we see what happens uh, when Creighton is is firing all the cylinders at home. Uh, blew out Seton Hall in their last game at home. Blew out uh, UConn, who was number one going back last last Saturday. Can they get it done against Marquette? Well, people are going to look at the UConn game and say they could blow out UConn. They can blow out uh, Marquette. I am very high on this Marquette team as we talked about uh, I would probably be looking at the points here and you're getting a number here um, four and a half I'm seeing fours and four and a halves so we'll see where it settles at uh, for tomorrow not all the books have posted their numbers yet so uh, these are early numbers but uh, Creighton at home I think uh, I think that line's just a tad high based on the Connecticut game Marquette worries me when they go on the road, and that was a big play of mine going back, what, two weeks ago when they went to UConn, and UConn blew them out, and there was a short number on that game. UConn wins uh, 81-53. Marquette has not been on the road since that loss. They've had three home games, and they had, I won't say three cupcakes, but definitely they had the cupcake of all cupcakes in DePaul, beating them by 34. They beat Xavier by 24, and then they beat Providence um, by 12 uh, on Wednesday night. You go back and look at Marquette on the road. Butler game was nip and tuck all the way to the end. Uh, Georgetown we don't count because Georgetown and DePaul <laughs> are just downright awful. Uh, they did beat Villanova, but again went down to the wire. Uh, beat them by five. St. John's one by one. So, I don't know. Marquette on the road, I have some concerns. Again, I look at that team I like what Shaka Smart has done, but uh, be careful of the injury tomorrow, okay? Their leading scorer, they're Mr. Everything. You know, um, Tyler Kolev, he's he's probably not going to play tomorrow. So check the injury report on that. And if he becomes out, that, that number is only going to skyrocket. Yeah. Definitely, and all, we're talking right now, uh, breaking these down. You know, obviously, I haven't broke them down in complete detail, and we yeah. always look at the uh, injury reports uh, up to the minute uh, on game day. I'm just trying to start your make your night a little shorter, your handicapping night, because Mark was up all night, burns the midnight candle. I hate Fridays. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. I, mean, I love the business I do, but the, you you ask me what I. Don't like, yeah. and I will tell you, I Friday nights are miserable. I'll have some soup for you tonight. This <laughs> uh, is home. She's making dinner. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She has to make dinner at home. You have to have home court advantage on Friday night because oh, you're home. You're in the office. Absolutely. Do you come down for it, or does, does she like, deliver it to no, the I office? No, I come down. I take a break. I, I, take a break? I try to do like most of the afternoon card yeah. first. Then take a little dinner break, and I might wa- might watch maybe an hour of TV with her just to, you know, reset the brain. Mm-hmm. 
and then go for the night games. Who you got your eye on tomorrow? Uh, I have not started a card. Okay. I, I got my card on, you know, I got two plays that I looked at tonight that I liked, and I settled in on one. Uh, I was between taking Ryder tonight and taking uh, Dayton. I settled in on Ryder. I like the spot with them tonight. And knock on wood, we're having a really good week coming off a 4 no night last night and try to keep it going. So I just went with the one play today, go into to tomorrow, and, uh, you know, find these situations. And TC, last these last games like this, things that you got to look at too, and it's some of the plays that I, I had this week. I had Rutgers yesterday, a big play because it was a spot. Michigan was in an absolute horrible situation yesterday. They're a team that was playing with nothing at the end. Is it worst season that I can remember for Michigan in the Big Ten? And they were they were coming off a big game where they played Purdue tight. Lost by eight, getting like 13 and a half, 14 points. And then they got Ohio State on deck, which not the rivalry that Ohio State and Michigan is in football, but still more important. Bigger rivalry than traveling to Rutgers at the end of a, a throwaway season. And I was on Rutgers last night. They win by 30 points. You know, teams that have nothing to play for. Unless it's a rivalry game or playing one of the big guns in the, in the conference, you're going to see some teams mail these last games in. Virginia and Duke tomorrow. What the heck is wrong with Virginia? This team has been void of scoring. They've gotten blown out in games. They're at Duke tomorrow. Duke number 10 in the country. Uh, Duke came off of the loss last Saturday. Took care of business against a very undermanned Louisville team. Filipowski played. Uh Duke at Virginia, this is normally kind of a coin flip game, but advantage Duke here. In, are, is Virginia ever going to show up here? That's that's the big question. You know they're going to keep they're you know they're going to keep the score low. They're going to do their thing, but man, they're having problems. Well, you know, cracking sixty five. When you set this up and you, you broke it down perfectly, but you said it like you were surprised. That's Virginia. Right? That's Virginia. I know. Year in, year out. But Marco, they win. They're they're not even ranked this year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the surprising thing. Okay, I'll give you that part. Duke I mean, that's where I was going with yeah. it. It was like this is this is surprise. You know, pace is always going to be the same, but. Wins. They don't have it. The problem with Virginia, and it's the same way with the team in football that runs that runs the football. If Duke gets that, you know, ten point lead, then all of a sudden you got to start forcing the issue, Virginia, and then you're taking threes that aren't falling, and then all of a sudden it becomes a blowout. That's the problem. If they can get out to a quick start in this game, stay with them. Those are the kind of games, TC, that I like to look at for in-game wagering. Right. Because if you see Virginia that they're struggling and you start to see that margin start to creep up a little bit and then they're going to have to start to force outside shots, you know how that's going to end. It's not going to end good for them. And that's when the, the margin can increase. All right, here's my game for tomorrow, man. Giving it to you right now. Tennessee at Alabama. Love the tide in this game. I mentioned earlier about the sandwich spot. This is a revenge game for Alabama. They lost by 20 at Tennessee on January 20th. Uh, Tide is ready for this game. Number one in the country in scoring. Number one in three-point shooting. Right up there with with a free-throw shooting as well, too. Uh, I think this is a spot where Tennessee is vastly overrated. People are in love with this Tennessee team. But Tennessee's got a problem. Tennessee has a problem with scoring consistently. That is a major problem. And I go back to when Marquette was ranked 
number four, went into UConn. I said, this is a phony number four team. UConn blew them out. Tennessee is a phony number four team. They do not deserve to be a number one seed. They can defend. They're good. Oh, and by the way, we talk about coaches. You got the Rick Barnes factor. Okay, You got the Rick Barnes factor, a guy that just can't get it done. And Tennessee is a nice story, but offensively challenged. Go Tide tomorrow. Roll Tide! What do you make the line? I make the line? Alabama should be the favorite here. Alabama's got to be favored by three and a half. All right. We've got two books that got a number up on it. Okay. One's got Alabama at two and a half. Okay. The other one's got the game at pick. Hmm. You generally don't see two books yeah, that, that far, far off. That yeah. far off. Yeah. So I said three and a half, so two and a half. It okay. Just, yeah. it just as I said, the one that had it at, at pick just moved it to one and a half. They're listening. Just, just, just They're listening. Literally. There it is. No, Marco. TCMartinShow.com. Coast to coast, border to border. <laughs> All over the place. Um, Houston and, and Oklahoma tomorrow. Spot for Houston. They're number one in the country. They go to OU. OU, not that great, but they have been a much better home team. And uh, depends on, on on what this line here is. We know Houston will be a favorite. Houston, yeah. I'm only seeing one book's got a number up on it, right? Oh, and as we said that, two more books just Six? came up. It was five and a half at the one book. That, yeah. And the two that just popped up literally as we spoke hmm. – Popped one popped at six and the other popped at six and a half. There it is. Okay, Gonzaga St. Mary's uh, tomorrow night. Z- St. Mary's won the first meeting on the Zags home court back on February the third, sixty four, sixty two. I think it's a great get back game for Gonzaga. They're rolling right now. They're playing well. They've been playing well all year. They really have. Uh, and uh, you're making St. Mary's a favorite in this game, which I understand. I totally understand with that. I would take Gonzaga. I said I made it personally that I would have it three or three and a half. One book is up so far. They have it at two and a half. Um, the other two books that are starting to put numbers up have not put it up yet. Um, look, I'm, I'm actually hoping it pops up as we're speaking. Yeah. But, uh, but it's yeah. going to be in that ballpark. It's going to be in that ballpark. Yeah, and, and, and again, Gonzaga is that pedigree team, you know, the name wise, you know, until St. Mary's does it, I know you, you know, you pointed out that they won a couple times in the uh, conference championship. And some might say, you know, well, when they get into the conference tournament, uh, you know, Gonzaga already had their seed locked up and everything. And yeah, not uh, the case this year. Yeah, yeah. not the case this That's year. what's going to be great about this. These Excellent. two meetings yep. are, are going to be fun to, to watch these two teams, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. All right. All right. Appreciate Lon Kruger for joining us today. The Hall of Fame coach, always great stuff with him. John Murray, the executive director of the Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Jay Cornegay was rolling around here today, so we appreciate uh, John uh, joining us. Uh, two of the top bookmakers here in town here under the same roof. We appreciate them. My guy Maui with the gifts. He, he, Maui went straight to the window. Did you see that, Marco? He, he just wrote down all of our picks right there. Maui's going to go move the line. He's going to move the line on Gonzaga and Alabama. Watch out. So wait, if he wins, does that mean that you get the money? That's a good question, I'm Chuck. You know what? I'm going to go track him down. See ya. <laughs> All right, for Nubchuck back in the studio. And everybody, thanks for joining us. We're back at it on Monday. Join us as we get ready for the madness. It's creeping our way. A lot of fun this time of year, all right? Get out here to the Westgate Las Vegas to watch all the games, whether it's college basketball, the NBA, NHL, 
no better place to be than the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. For Marco D'Angelo, have a good one, brother. See you this weekend. All right. Good luck. Yes. Have yourself a good one, TC saying. See ya. Too cold.